0: while 2020 was the most volatile year in modern history it would be a mistake to think that we're in for smoother sailing this year sadly in fact as we move into 2021 and beyond the rate of disruption will potentially accelerate as the implications from 2020 play out across the next several years today We're going to discuss nine predictions from the Chief of Research for Gartner's HR practice on the Confessions of a Recovering Landlord podcast. I'm your host, Jan Gibbons, along with Rialta's broker,
1: Bob Gibbons. There he is. After the Tones. So I was reading the Harvard Business Review the other day, as I often do. <laughs>
0: Mr. Scholarly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, Poindexter. I was reading this article that Brian Crop wrote that was pretty interesting about these nine trends that will shape work in 2020 and beyond. And, you know organizations were absolutely rocked in 2020. They, it changed business. Yeah. And it changed their, their uh, business models It upended their priorities and, um, and everybody had to scramble to try and figure out how to navigate this changing environment. So for many organizations, this included, you know, social justice movements and uh, obviously the coronavirus um, and just how that impacts uh, full-time staff to work remotely, determining how best to support employees while you know and their well-being, and and a hybrid workforce and all this kind of thing, and and all the legal implications of all this stuff. It was a really difficult year.
0: And it would be nice to believe that 2021 will be about stability and getting back to normal, whatever that means. However. This guy, and we agree with him, is really thinking it's still full of major transitions in response to what all has happened.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And so let's just let's just get into it. Uh, so his number one prediction for 2021 is that employers will shift from managing the employee experience to managing the life experience of employee employees. That's pretty amazing because, you know, we were creepy. Sounds like big brother to me. Well, kind of. I kind of got that same sense the first time I read it. But, um, you know. Well, it's
0: who's your daddy. I feel like work, school is taking the place of what the family used to be.
1: Well, true. I mean, schools have have to do or have been forced to do far more than they ever did, but employees are going to as well now because what his argument is that, is that the pandemic has given business leaders increased visibility into the personal lives of their employees. And so by taking the work into the homes of those employees, yeah, they've had to face true. unprecedented personal and professional struggles. It's like
0: that, um, Somebody had posted on Facebook the other day uh, the new calling in to order a pizza from Google Pizza. Oh, yes. That was hysterical because they know everything about you. They don't let you order the pizza because your cholesterol is up 20 points. They say, how do you know that? Well, I'm looking at it right here on your uh, physical that you had done four months ago through Aetna, which we now own, and it just went on and on. It's using
1: all the big data to uh, triangulate (laughs) what you're going to be allowed to buy or eat. At the end,
0: I I think you got a treadmill and a stalk of broccoli or something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, the the employers being involved in the employees' personal lives um, is definitely going to be an interesting thing to watch. You know, Gardner did this survey, and they said that Employers that support employees with their life experience see a 23% increase in the number of employees reporting better mental health. So, I mean, well, now that's 23% increase in the number. So, I don't know if that was like two or two percent were saying they were had better health afterwards, okay. and now it's 25%. Either way, it's a it's an increase. And furthermore, 17% uh, showed an increase in the number of employees reporting better physical health. So, it sounds like they're Is a potential um, real benefit to employers for getting involved in that.
0: So that's one reason. Twenty twenty one will be the year where the employer supports mental health, financial health, and even things that were previously seen like out of bounds, like sleep. These are becoming table stakes benefits. Are employers are going to offer to employees? And it makes me think back to when I worked for a worldwide brokerage firm and I really liked how they had set up their group health I mean they bought us you know top of the plan but then we could go further if we wanted to because we had HSA accounts and if we met certain markers the company would put in all the money we needed for our deductible yeah I basically was out zero if I met all the deductible all the markers and I was blessed I you know. Blood sugar was right. BMI was right. uh, I didn't smoke. You know, I crossed my legs to the left, not the right. I mean, you know, it wasn't that uh, involved, but you could call in to a mental health professional once a month and talk about your goals and aspirations and you got credit for that.
1: Well, and to be clear, that was an insurance brokerage company you were working for, but it was, uh, my understanding was that the, the people that managed all that weren't the people that were um, managing you. I mean, like your direct supervisor wasn't seeing no, all that no, no. information necessarily. No, it, was a
0: TPA. it was a third party administrator. So that'll be but,
1: kind of the interesting part yeah. where you, you know, the employer may provide things, but they can't really be involved too much because then they encroach on the privacy of those employees and that could create all kinds of legal problems.
0: If they can see my blood work, who wants that? You know? Well,
1: let's move on to number two then. So the second prediction is that more companies will adopt stances of, on current societal and political debates. So basically what they're saying is that employees actually desire to work for companies that have uh, values that align with their own.
0: Hey, we're already seeing this. How many people got fired because their picture showed up on Facebook from the riots at the Capitol? Absolutely. I think before they got home, their employment was terminated.
1: Well, there was a residential realtor you were telling me about Where her her uh her face i mean, I'm sorry, her Facebook presence is gone, her website's I under, down. I
0: understand her business is closed. Wow I assume her sponsoring broker
1: may have no let her longer sponsored her. Withdrew his sponsorship. <laughs> I would think so. Well and so Gartner is basically saying that uh that is going to continue here and, and in fact they say that seventy-four percent of employees in their research expect their employer to become more actively involved in the cultural debates of the day. And uh, so, you know, CEOs and top management are going to have to respond to that if they're going to be able to attract the right talent. Mm -hmm. And we've already seen this for a long time among millennials. The younger the people are, the more they care about the the uh,
0: touchy feely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The touchy touchy feely is not the only way to look at it. But, you know, they want to know that they're working for somebody who has an alignment. If if they feel like, you know, they're killing baby seals somewhere, they want to be working for them and supporting that.
0: I also think it harkens back to a a simpler time when it was more of a mom-and-pop shop because when I worked for my dad, it was very much that way. We were very much involved in the employees' lives because we lived in the same town. Often you'd even go to the same church, same school, same social functions. And if someone was sick, we'd take food over to them you know employer employee but it was a different feel and i get the feeling these big corporations are trying to kind of give you that mom and pop feel
1: well that's a good point you make because small companies have always been very involved in their employees lives and been very much in alignment so so much of what we're talking about here is larger employees i'm sorry employers and so mm-hmm. there's always been that dichotomy between the two so it'll be interesting to see how that continues number three on his list of things that are going to change really kind of shocked me. And he says that the gender wage gap will increase as employees return to the office. And initially, my thought was, well, you're kidding me. Why would the gender wage gap increase? But he says that when you adopt a hybrid workforce, where some people can work from home, some people can work from the office, whatever they want, or maybe even a third space like co-working or coffee shops, that men will be more likely to go back to the office and women will be more likely to stay at home, working from home. And because of that, there'll be less visibility by those uh, women because 64% of managers they interviewed said that office workers are higher performers. And why is that? Well, they see them. And if they see them working, they think they're working more so than those that are working from home. So, That will lead to higher raises for those that work uh, in the office other than those that work from home, and therefore the gender wage gap would actually increase.
0: I'm going to go out on a limb here and also say I think a lot of the at-home workforce has also got a side hustle or is learning to become more entrepreneurial through this process. Um, I've seen a lot of Instagram influencers who had a steady job and this was their side hustle and they quit their steady job because the side hustle provided enough income that they could do it full time. I, I just think they're probably going to think outside the box more. And I think the people that go back to the office need that security.
1: So you think that, somewhere. that then means that the, gen- so you agree that the gender gap, pay gap will increase?
0: As far as it coming from an employer to an employee. If you become your own employer,
1: well, yeah, then that, yeah. All, that's a different So That's animal what I'm together. saying.
0: I just think that the people that stay home may be more entrepreneurial minded than the people that return to work. Mm-hmm. One's not wrong, one's not right. Just some people like the big corporate structure, like being in the flow, and other people can float their own boat a bit more.
1: Well, we'll see. That, that one, I think, bears. Real watching, and I think that'll likely result in um, in lawsuits if that really does happen. Well, let's go, go to number four. So he says the number four trend uh, into twenty twenty one is that new regulations will limit employee monitoring. So during the pandemic, you know, one out of four companies purchased new technology so they could watch what employees were doing, passively track and monitor their production. But uh, those same companies you know, haven't determined how to balance employee privacy with that technology. And so that's going to be the thing that's going to be, uh, be interesting. I mean, Gartner's research said that 50% employees trust their organization with their data. <laughs> I want to know which 50 that was. And, uh, four, the 50
0: but, that's drinking on the job.
1: <laughs> 44% don't receive any information regarding the data collected about them. So uh, Gartner's prediction is that You know, there'll be new regulations at the state and local level that will start to put limits on what the employers can track uh, as a result of that.
0: So given the variability that this is obviously going to create, companies are likely to adopt the most restrictive standards across their workforce.
1: Well, I mean, they're going to have to disclose more and more. They're going to have to make sure that they tell you what they're collecting, unlike Google, where you're collecting everything and you don't know it on us. I mean, we're not even their employees. So um, I think that's going to be something they're going to have to do. Again, legal implications will ensue. Uh, So number five, flexibility will shift from location to time. I love this one. I do
0: too. So
1: Mm. what he's saying here is that while enabling employees to work remotely uh, has become commonplace in 2020, the next wave of flexibility will not be around where they work, but how much they work.
0: Well, again... I don't want you clocking in to clock in. I give you a task. I want it done by this time frame. I don't care if it took you 30 minutes or three hours. Yeah, you're paying I want the final product done.
1: Paying for results, not for time.
0: Now, Gartner's 2020 Reimagine HR employee Survey revealed that only 30 per, 36% of employees were high performers at organizations with a standard 40-hour work week. Organizations that offered employees more flexibility where, when, and how much they work saw 55% of their workforce as high performers. And in 2021, this author is expecting to see a rise in new jobs where employees will be measured by their output as opposed to clocking in the nine to
1: five. You know, it reminds me of Dave Ramsey saying he would put the receptionist yep. on commission if he could figure <laughs> out true. a way to do it. <laughs> and I love Absolutely. that because you want everybody to be incentivized. And it's not just a matter of being incentivized to have the highest productivity, but it's to be aligned. And it goes back to one of the previous predictions where they want to be aligned on values. Well, you want to be involved, aligned on on uh, goals of the organization. And if you feel like you are personally a part of the success of that organization, you're going to feel more empowered. You're going to feel happier and and a part of things. So. Well,
0: and also I think that just the fact that people have biorhythms and some days I am cranking. I can turn out the work of a 20-year-old and other days I'm mailing it in. So if you give me a task and I see, okay, this much has to be done by Thursday, I can choose when I'm at my optimal time. Maybe mm-hmm. ten to three is golden time for me. Early in the morning's not, someone else may want to get up at four, knock out a ton of work, and then, you know, have the afternoon off. Whatever works with your natural rhythm when you're most productive i actually think you'll get more done and it'll be a better product you turn out as a result
1: well there's so many so many uh companies uh so many professions that are um are paid based on production and uh, you know commercial real estate residential real estate you know you get paid based on how much you sell absolutely um you know uh, attorneys get paid based on the billable hours they're able to to uh generate. So, you know, I think that should should continue. All right, so let's move on to number six. Um, the prediction is that leading companies will make bulk purchases of the COVID vaccine for employees and will be sued for those requirements. And uh, so this is interesting because, you know, companies want to have a healthy environment, healthy workforce. They want to be able to get the best uh, talent to attract them and retain them. And so one of the benefits that this prediction says is that they're going to offer the vaccine. And um, so, you know, if if I'm forced to take the vaccine and I don't want to, or I lose employment, perhaps, what am I going to do? So if if I don't take the vaccine, but I want to come to the office and I infect you, mm-hmm. maybe even if you've had the vaccine, you're gonna sue you know this is a boy this is a no-win option for employers
0: go back to the system I had at my last employer incentivize me not only do I get it for free they'll pay me to take it they'll give me two days off to recover from whatever minor um, complications might happen yeah but that was a
1: different thing because in that case you were being incentivized not to smoke and to exercise if you did smoke outside the office. And if you didn't exercise, that didn't have an immediate health hazard consequence to the other employees. Whereas if you don't take the COVID vaccine, that could potentially have a direct impact on your coworkers immediately and or uh, customers. So it's a bit different animal.
0: Yeah, that's that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about that. I I mean, aren't Eventually all children are going to have to be vaccinated to go back to school. Good point. I know that you can't get it under 16 just yet, but that they are creating one for that.
1: Well, we shall see. Well, number, number seven, um, number, number seven, <laughs> but I repeat myself.
0: <laughs> uh, number seven is mental health. <laughs> Take it away, Billy Bob. You just stole my
1: thunder. <laughs> so uh, the, the prediction is mental health support is the new normal. Uh, So in the last several years, employers have offered new benefits to support their employees, uh, parental leave. Um, Gardner Research says that 45 percent of well-being budgets have increased um, and they were being allocated a lot to mental health and emotional well-being programs. And uh, so that's the prediction. I I don't know. What do you think?
0: Oh, absolutely. Again, it gets back to the mom and pop thing. If you walked into the workplace how you feeling? i'm awful. What happened? Tell me there people are really concerned. I just think it's bleeding over to the bigger
1: corporations well, I mean in any organization, the size of the organization to me determines the the breadth of regulations required so if you're in a little one room school mm-hmm. house somewhere in right. you know Montana, you don't need to have a lot of regulations because you have one teacher and he or she Dictates everything. But if you have a school district with 100,000 students, right. well, now you've got to make regulations that are impartially uh, imposed on everybody. Same thing with employers. The bigger the employer, the more uh, has to be uh, regulated to keep everything fair. So, so I don't know.
0: By late March, 68% of organizations had introduced at least one new wellness benefit to aid employees during the pandemic. And in 2021, employers will probably go even further by working to destigmatize mental health by expanding mental health benefits, creating days where they shut the entire company down for a day to offer a collective mental health day.
1: <laughs> so we're all gonna.
0: I, I'm not chant. sure I'm buying on board with this. <laughs> we're all gonna chant protection.
1: together at the same time. We're gonna get on um. Zoom and just hum <laughs> to each other. <laughs> I don't know. That one sounds. I mean,
0: a- I often heard. Uh, We had some good friends at church, and the husband was a type A hard driver, and often his wife would tell me, yeah, he's taking a mental health day today, and that always meant he went fly fishing in Broken Bow. (laughs) But that's what he needed. It was complete de-stress. I don't know if he left the phone in the car or what, but for him, that really was a mental health day.
1: Oh, yeah. He he
0: totally got away from everything. Like me skiing. Right, exactly.
1: All right, so number eight employers will look to rent talent to fill the skills gap. And, uh, you know, I think this is kind of interesting because they're saying that the number of skilled, skill employers, um, let me say it again, the number of skills that employers are looking for have risen dramatically. And uh, and again, Gartner's says that 33% more skills on job ads in 2020 than they had in 2017. So that just means that for the same position, the number of skills required for that position has increased by 33%. So ultimately organizations just can't reskill the capabilities of their existing workforce fast enough to make all this um, meet their needs.
0: Well, isn't this kind of what people are doing now through Upwork and all these sites where, oh, I need a promo piece written. Oh, just send it out and have people bid on it. And whoever comes back the cheapest or the most creative, yeah,
1: it's the, sign them up. it's the gig economy. Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, you don't want to be a full-time employee. You know, I think that's where a lot of things are going is that, hey, I don't want to be dictated to do everything on a exact prescribed basis. And that goes back to the prediction where they were talking about, it's not about just about the place, it's about the time. So these kind of go hand in hand in my mind, uh, because you know if I am an employee, but I want to do some things, want to work from another place, want to work for different companies, well, now being an independent contractor on the gig economy makes a lot more sense. But I think what they're saying here is, is that companies are going to have to hire these other experts to supplement the skills Mm -hmm. that their current employees don't have right so
0: yeah at the margin some companies will shift from trying to build skills for an uncertain future and instead just hire and pay a premium for those skills when the need actually manifests which makes total sense to me yeah i mean why uh why buy a cadillac when you can rent a ford when you occasionally need to go to town it's it you're you're overstaffing for an occasional need.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you don't want to buy a car when you're going to drive it once a month.
0: Right. When you're going to Uber the rest of the time.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, the whole idea of having a vacation home. Do I want a vacation home where I, I go to the same place every single time, but I only use it three weeks a year? Or do I want to just rent where I want to go and be able to have the flexibility to go anywhere I want to go without being tied to that? So, all right. So last prediction, states will compete to attract individual talent rather than trying to get companies to relocate.
0: Can can we just say right here, can Texas get off this gravy train? I heard (laughs) of more people. I was listening to a podcast called The Daily, and they were talking about more people if things went a certain way with a political scheme. Well, we'll just move to Texas. I'm like, please don't. (laughs) (laughs) You've had enough? We got enough here.
1: (laughs) Well, I I thought this was a really interesting idea because for so long – states and cities have been really focused on offering incentives to get companies to move here and and as you say Texas has been the big beneficiary particularly from California for this and uh, and so what they are predicting is that companies are going to I'm sorry cities municipalities states are going to start incentivizing individuals to move to their cities to their mm. states to their areas and giving them economic incentives to do it in fact they even mentioned that Um, They're seeing some fledgling programs in Topeka, Kansas and Tulsa, Oklahoma, where they're offering remote employees, people that are employed somewhere else but live here, up to $15,000 to move there.
0: You know, this sounds so shocking, but there's a couple of influencers I follow that do fantastic home remodels. They don't do build up, new build, but it's, I mean, I'm talking really changing a 20-year-old house to look like it was built yesterday and they're based in San Diego, or they were, till they relocated to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they took a tour of the U.S. to choose where they wanted to live and where they wanted to move their business. And they went to Austin and Tulsa, and I forget well all they went. Of course, they're uh, recording all this and putting it out through their right. social media feeds. But I was stunned when they said Tulsa had won stunned i mean the views from san diego and the type of homes they got to work on were amazing and now they're in the middle of the country
1: yeah but the homes the homes they can do the same thing there
0: absolutely absolutely
1: yeah i guess i um i just found this one to be interesting because everything has always been so focused on the company Mm -hmm. and you know insurance you mentioned before that you used to work in it absolutely makes no sense to me whatsoever that being able to buy affordable, reasonable insurance with good coverage requires you be employed by somebody else. You know, if you're out on the open market, trying to get it by yourself, if you're a small company trying to get it for a group of two to five or 10 people, you just can't get decent insurance. But if you work for a company of 10,000, sure. And and I get the whole bulk purchasing business, but that also limits our economy. If I am stuck Because Mm -hmm. of my pre-existing conditions Mm -hmm. or those of my family, and I am not willing to move to another company that would pay me more, that would be in a location where I want to be, that would, whatever, uh, provide more fulfillment and all this, just because I want to keep that insurance.
0: Well, you can take this even further. This is Harvey Weinstein. What do you mean? A lot of the people he chose to abuse were single moms
1: oh, who didn't feel like they could they couldn't because
0: um I believe one of the people that had been um attacked by someone else, not Harvey, I think she had a handicapped child, oh wow, and she just didn't think she could leave
1: praying on the weak.
0: oh that it it just drives me crazy insidious.
1: Well, anyway, I think that wraps it up for this episode. Uh, once again, we'll give uh, credit to Brian Kopp, Chief of Research for Gartner HR and the Harvard Business Review, which published this article. I found this one to be really interesting. And
0: uh, Yeah, really you know, wide range thinking. Yeah. I, I appreciated that. So that's a wrap on this episode of the Confessions of a Recovering Landlord podcast. At Riata Commercial Realty, we exclusively serve companies that lease or purchase office and warehouse space. We never represent landlords. Find us at texastenantrep.com or give us a call at 972-677-0028.
1: And we'll see you next week with more exciting information on what's happening in the future. <laughs> the crystal ball show. <laughs> we'll see. Hey, a uh, five-star rating would be helpful in a review on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. That'll help other people find this information and allow us to make more money and find a life a life we want to live somewhere else maybe Continue with insurance to
0: serve our clients
1: oh with well, that too all right did i mention that no yeah. bye bye